Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mesoamerican Studies on Air. We're doing another version of our news roundup. So, Tony, why don't you tell us what's been in the news this month? All right, there's been some exciting news for Mesoamerica. Uh, what, one of the most exciting bits of news that came out just the other week is a multi-year effort between the Biblioteca Mediciana Lorenziana in Florence, Italy, uh, which houses the famous Florentine Codex and the Getty Research Institute in the United States, as well as dozens of scholars from around the world have collaborated to create a high resolution digital copy of the Florentine Codex, which includes high resolution scans of almost 25 hand painted images from the early 16th century. And then in addition, not only did they make this high resolution scan, they've also updated translations of the codex's 12 volumes, which, you know, if you're familiar with the codex covers a multitude of aspects of Aztec life, history, and beliefs. I'm I'm interested to read some of the updated translations. Um, when I was learning how to translate Nahuatl, uh, I would translate passages from Book Ten, which is about diff the different people, the Aztecs, uh, what their views were. And I remember translating a section. Uh, I don't remember the group, but they were talking how this group was led by a man and a woman together jointly and it wasn't like the Aztec positions of like way Tlatoani and, and the serpent the Siwakwat mm -hmm. yeah uh it was a man and a woman and I thought wow you know that's this this duality in Mesoamerica male female working together and then I looked over to the English translation by Anderson and Dibble no mention of women mm -hmm. at all yeah so you know keep that in mind if you're reading the the translations is that they're not always great they didn't always check things sometimes they only translated the spanish into english not the nahuatl into english yeah. so and that 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 version that you're referring to is a really early version right yeah i think the copyright dates are like the 1950s 1960s and anderson and devil were probably older gentlemen at that point so they may have had different views than than today and and didn't think it was important to translate things literally yeah yeah no I'm super excited about this project I I have uh, I I know uh, a couple of the people that are that are working on this one of them Mary Clark is a spectacular archaeologist friend of mine archaeologist art historian illustrator um she's she's incredible and I would love to have her here on the podcast to talk about the work she's been doing um but it's been so cool to to see this project come to life and to finally have you know a, an easily accessible copy of all 2500 hand-painted images like that's that's amazing and that's going to do so much for accessibility for people to be able to use these images it's I mean and like you said, the translations, I'm I'm really looking forward to digging into this much more. Yeah, me as well. And I don't, you know, I work in West Mexico, but like <laughs> we know Tony. <laughs> but but just like there's so much to draw from and 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 there's so much like 
that's gone it seems like it's gone unincorporated and in, mm. into into studies that you know you, you never know what you can draw from 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 any of the books so like so right yeah 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 cool awesome well that's that's a really great big one what else is happening yeah. there's some news coming out of Cholula in Puebla uh, during a salvage project in which they were redoing a road, they've uncovered 11 human burials and mm. a stone inscribed with petroglyphs. Love a glyph. Um, the burials and the stones seem to date to the late post-classic period, which is like 1200 to 1521. So not contemporary with the Great Pyramid of Cholula. Mm. But what's exciting and neat about these burials is that uh, in addition to more, you know, mortuary objects found undisturbed with the burials, like it wasn't disturbed by the road construction, including like ceramic vessels, ceramic figurines, obsidian tools. They found that one of the skeletons has dental modification mm. and cranial deformation. And then another uh, skeleton has a bilobial cranial definite uh deformation which is like instead of the 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 coat like sloped cone shape that most people are familiar with the bilobial is it's like a heart-shaped head mm -hmm. um, yeah so i think the hypothesis is that instead of two boards placed on on an infant's head to to kind of flatten it and and bring it back um instead of a board in the front it may have been a band like a tightly, mm -hmm. tightly done band yeah. to give that bilobial shape. And that's, I've read in, in other sources on cranial deformation. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. And yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's always interesting to see what pops up during salvage work and, and yeah, dental modifications and cranial deformation, like that's, it's always cool stuff. And it's, it's not common because it's usually restricted to the high status. Mm -hmm. So like, there's potential for more, more studies on on these remains. Yeah, we'll have to see. Have to see if they dig any deeper. All right, and then uh, elsewhere in Puebla, um, I'm sure many of you have heard stories where locals know there's ruins nearby, just outside of town, and no one's really gone to document it. Well. In the case of Atlishko in Puebla, the people have said, hey, there's ruins on top of the hill. And finally, you know, archaeologists went up to the top and recorded um, remains of a pre-Hispanic temple. Mm -hmm. What I find a little odd is there's an existing like Catholic chapel dedicated to an archangel on, on the hill, which unsurprising, you know. Yeah, church church feature built on you know a pre-columbian temple yeah we see that mm -hmm. but like why wasn't it recorded earlier mm -hmm. it's, it's it's not like it it's not like there was nothing else on the hill like right why'd no one bother to like record it so i who knows who knows but um but investigations in 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 the ruins found that the top of the hill has been modified to like flatten it out and make it easier for construction. So not only is there like the remains of, of a temple, 
it's also part of this larger modified hilltop. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It is really curious. Yeah. That it hasn't been recorded. Uh, yeah. Recorded or published before. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot of news from Puebla, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mayan train project keeps chugging along, which means there's more news. Railway humor. Yeah, I know. I couldn't resist. <laughs> um, one of, uh, during one of the pro, uh, salvage works for the Mayan train project, um, archaeologists uncovered a conch shell choker, which mm -hmm. has been inscribed with uh, figurines of people. There's two that are looking to the right, two that look to the left. And this conch shell choker, I guess, is not very common in the Maya region. Um, there are a handful of examples from other places like Sebal, Paruwaka, and Washaktun. Um, and these have been dated at those sites to be around the terminal classic period. So, you know, archaeologists think this choker is also dated to that period. Um, but it's you know, it's an uncommon artifact, so it's always good to find a, another another example elsewhere in the Maya region. Yeah, and so I know that we'll link to this on the in the episode description. What what could you describe briefly what the choker looks like? Yeah, it's kind of a oblong shape, almost like like a not a knife. It's almost like a knife shape, but like mm -hmm. if the handle was really big. Mm -hmm. um because it's got like this little indent curve in in it you know because of the the shell itself and then on the inside of the the shell is where they carved uh the figurines and they have like headdresses and they seem to have like other decoration for their for their garments and the outside looks unmodified and then there's like two uh, drill holes so it probably mm. you know was was strung along they call it a choker but it's not like it's hugging your throat it's not like a bracelet it's not like our 90s little rubber chokers that we were yeah. all talking about yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it sounds kind of like the uh the so-called olmec spoons right yeah yeah it's got that kind of shape mm -hmm. yeah yeah very cool yeah it's, i mean it's, yeah it's always interesting to see what the maya train turns up yeah which is also this next bit of news is I guess the 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 railroad route is going near the site of Kaba, which is in the the Pook Hills, which is different from Koba, right? Yeah. yeah. So Kaba, Northwest Yucatan, Koba, Northeast Yucatan. Uh, Koba's situated around uh, along the the Ruta Pook, so. You can take the the Ruta Puk when you go to Ushmal and visit other Puk style sites. Kaba is one of them. It has this fantastic like temple covered in deity masks with the hooked nose. Um, across the road, they're they're excavating the remains of a of a palace, um, and so they found not. The deity masks covering the, the outside of the palace, but rather uh, decoration in the form of like feathers, beads, and bird motifs. And there's a mm -hmm. staircase leading up into the palace, and it actually has remains of like a stucco figurehead 
on the staircase and um nearby they're not excavating it but if you ever go to kaba nearby there's actually a very tall pyramid that kind of towers over everything and Mm. 